0: It is Sunday, May 24th, time for another edition of the daily Come On Now MMA podcast. I want to start off today with a Come On Now, courtesy of UFC president Dana White. Two quick hits on the way out. I know we want to keep the focus on May 30th, but a lot of buzz about Jon Jones potentially moving up to heavyweight, wants Francis Ngannou. Uh Does that whet your appetite at all, that potential booking down the line? John Jones versus Ngannou? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, obviously that's a fight that people would love to see. And, you know, these guys are talking a lot, of, a, a lot of smack back and forth. I don't see that fight happening. Come on now. That was from ESPN. John Anik was doing the speaking there to Dana White. Um, there was no follow-up question, which the obvious follow-up would have been, Why? Why doesn't Dana White see that? And if I was a betting man, I would bet the answer is simple. Simply money. The USC doesn't want to spend the money on a fight like that for whatever reason. Uh, Fans want to see it. I'm going to guess fighters want to see it. Media folks want to see it. I, uh, I'm under the impression that Jones wants it and Ganu obviously would want it, but not going to make it happen. And let's not forget, this is the organization that used to pride itself on saying that it always made the fights the fans want to see. But this one, going to be a pass, which is ridiculous, but nothing nothing we can really do or i guess say about it other than seems like a a a big screw up and a big miss from the UFC but oh well um which leads us leads me into um the next topic which was Jones's interview with John Morgan fairly in-depth interview, um, Jones really uh, a lot of detail on 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 his feelings about the the Ngannou fight, and I just want to cover a little bit of that right here. So Jones said that they never even really got into um, discussing money. Um, the answer was no right off the bat according to Jones and he said that he was a little upset about the whole thing because he had um, discussed heavyweight move before with the UFC and had been told that if he was going to move up at heavy to heavyweight at any time that he would get a new deal and that makes sense because Jones no you know light heavyweight champ um, no real reason to move up to heavyweight other than to test himself and a little you know competition um, Jones's manager also said that he weren't looking for the fight right now uh, it was just kind of a feeler deal you know if if we're going to do this if Jones is going to move up get his, get things set so he can weigh you know 240 and 230 240 something in that range um, to put on the weight for the heavyweight contest so that he would know he had a deal and uh, it doesn't sound like that is going to happen and this part sticks out for me um, and this is from jones it was just in my plans to have my biggest fights towards the end of my career now i know that i'm not going to be making those kinds of jumps in my life it's just shitty because you feel like someone's put a cap on your capabilities that someone put a cap on your possibilities and i agree with that um, because He doesn't have, like I said, he doesn't have to move up to heavyweight. So it would just be a test for him. And um, he's going to be fighting guys that are bigger than him, um, stronger than him. And that's a challenge. And if he's still the light heavyweight champion at that time, which is a distinct possibility, and making the weight fairly easily, why move up? And now it's, if I'm not going to make more money, To move up to heavyweight and challenge those guys Why not just stay at light heavyweight? Um, Continue to be the champ there get get a cut of the pay-per-view and uh, Make the money that's contracted and If UFC doesn't bump him up why uh, Why bother and and one of the other parts here is um, from his manager again. And this is another great point. John's taking the risk. Where's the UFC's risk in John versus Francis? They have zero risk. They're going to make a whole lot of money in John versus Francis. That's the truth. They're not taking a risk when they say there's no way this doesn't hit one million pay-per-views. Would it hit a million pay-per-views? I don't know. Would it do enough that the UFC is gonna get a little extra cut above what it would uh, get for a standard pay-per-view. I would say 99% yes that that was gonna happen. And there is no risk for the UFC in this. There really is not. Um, Do they have to pay Jones a little more? Yeah, but where's the risk for that? They're already underpaying the fighters. Uh, it's in the in the range of eighty five percent of the revenue is going to the UFC. Um, I people have said that, commented that uh, they wouldn't do it because of the gate. That's not really uh, something to consider right now. I don't think because Moody's put out a, a story on uh, the UFC's gate and. Uh, John Nash covered this for Bloody Elbow, I think. And that story said that GATE makes up 12% of the UFC's revenue. So last year's revenue was $900 million. Take 12% off of that. It looks like a big number, but it still leaves the UFC with enough to pay John Jones, you know, a couple million or two extra. They're not going to miss that. So, it's just another way to avoid paying the fighters and uh, keeping more money for themselves. So, very, very strange that, that this is something that won't be made for by the UFC. Um, if the fighters are willing to do it, Jones doesn't have a fight schedule. Gano's waiting for Stipe and DC to figure out the when they're going to fight. So he's playing the waiting game until that happens. There's no real top contender in the light heavyweight uh, division right now. Nothing that's going to do the numbers of, of Jones and Ngannou, that's for sure. So, I don't get it. I really don't understand it. Um, but it's not not going to happen by the sounds of things. This next subject is kind of related to this and it's something I just thought about while while pondering this this fight and the management uh, structure in the UFC. The UFC really has no reason to to work with managers because the the contracts are pretty much structured, almost identical. Um, There might be a little little differences, uh, but it's not too different between top stars and, or anyone really, it's kind of a set deal and you take it or you leave it. And so it's hard for Jones's management to play a hard line game here because there's a chance that if, that they could have a negative effect on other fighters in their in their staple stable then because if the UFC holds a grudge against the manager that could trickle down and could make the matchmaking a little you know the UFC could decide to give harder fights to Uh, managers fighters um, just to prove a point Uh, and then if that if those fighters start to crank up losses then the fighters get released and then that's less money for the fighter less money for the manager it's a whole it could be it could create a whole kind of ugly ugly game behind the scenes game and uh, from what we've seen from the antitrust lawsuit that's not out of the question that the UFC could play little games behind the scenes in the matchmaking to make things just a little more difficult for the fighters. So if management who has management has a, a big stable of fighters and the UFC doesn't really need all those fighters for whatever reason, maybe they're not big draws, they're kind of middling stars. The UFC could really make things difficult for uh, uh, fighters for a manager's camp and the fighters in that camp so with the UFC having all that power it could get a little ugly um, for the managers there and then on this the same side of things if a manager plays nice with the UFC they end up getting they can end up getting you know a little it's easier for them, their fighters to get fights, maybe easier for them to get favorable fights. It's a whole ugly ugly thing and I I think it's bad that there's only a couple of big name managers in the UFC because I don't trust the UFC to 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 play fair with with the fighters and I just think the whole thing could get pretty ugly pretty quickly. Um, and so it leaves the manager of a guy like Jones kind of hamstrung that they can't push as much as they would like to. This this is something that Jones and Engano should both remember as well. Um, they're both draws. The UFC will probably kind of tr- try and uh, downplay that fact, but people want to see John Jones fight. And I know his last couple of fights have gone the distance and they haven't been that exciting, but I think Jones is now at the point in his career that he's fighting he's fighting to win, more than to entertain. He's getting more defensive, um, just fighting a more uh, a smarter game um, and maybe just doing just enough to get the win and that makes sense because if he's not going to get a better deal why risk why risk losing the title and and the money that brings so yeah i think he fights to his level of competition and i think a fight with Ingano would would raise his game substantially and i think we'd see a more focused and more inspired jones and maybe even a little less um, safe than we've seen him in the last couple fights. So I think this is a mistake by the UFC again, like I said. But going back to Jones and, and Ghana remembering this, there's going to come a time when the UFC is going to want these two guys um, to, to step up and to maybe take a fight that uh, short notice or uh, they need him for a big spot, and they should keep this this in mind. They should keep in mind the fact that when they wanted a fight that would have been a big draw and, and made them some money, that the UFC denied them that. Um, I know that's a hard thing to do. Um, Jones is probably more likely to do it because he's probably in a better, a little bit of better financial s- spot than Inghano is. But I know Ngannou has been uh, a little bit dissatisfied about how the UFC's worked with him uh, the the over the over the short time he's been in the UFC so remember this these guys should remember that when they wanted something, the UFC just just said no, and something to keep in mind when the UFC just comes up and you know, hey, can you do us a favor here?" The answer should be no. Remember when you remember when you wouldn't give me a fight that I wanted that would have made you a ton of money? And now you're asking for a favor? No. No, sir. No, sir. I hope that happens because it doesn't happen enough, um, especially to the UFC. They think they have everything kind of right where they need it, and every once in a while they need to be reminded of... Who who the f- the fans are are paying to see? Um, some of them might be paying for the the three letters, but more of them are paying to see um, the fighters. You know they have they have that set number of fans that'll that'll buy anything and everything the UFC does on pay per view or are tuning no matter what. But it's the other fans that you know only tune in for the big fights that they're the ones that make the UFC uh, the bulk of their money by jacking up the buys in the, in the pay-per-views. So that's something mm-hmm. to remember. I also said on Twitter that maybe this would be the, the breaking point to get fighters to form an association. I don't believe that. But I do think it would take fighters at this kind of level to make it happen. If you get a Jones and an Ngannou on board there, and maybe Stipe because of the way he's getting jerked around a little bit. Um, and maybe a couple more big names. Maybe there's interest. Maybe they can convince the other fighters that, hey, this 85-15 split in revenue, that's not good for anybody. I mean, it's good for the UFC, but it's not good for the the fighters who are going to leave this sport with uh whatever money they 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 earned and it's not going to be a lot of money and no pension, no no health care. And some of them never had a a a, a real job, so the resumes are going to be pretty thin when they go back out there into the real world in their you know late 30s, early 40s. So they you want to get as much money as you can while you're in it and I don't think enough people think about that. So maybe, you know, it's going to take a fight. It's going to take big name fighters to uh to convince everyone that it's in their best interest to maybe get a get an association and maybe fight for some rights uh, both in the short term and the long term to help them themselves and also the future future fighters. Um like I said, I don't think it's going to be these guys, but it's going to take someone in that in that star superstar range to to really make this happen. I'm not going to count on it. Can wish for it sooner or later. Uh, hopefully, it'll happen sooner or later. Speaking of of Steve Amiachik, he seems to be getting a little fed up with uh everything that's going around um you know daniel cormier is saying he should take the fight curtis blades is saying uh, he should be able to train milchik that is should be able to train dana white's kind of saying they got to keep the weight division moving and you know maybe they strip steepy of the title and so um he seems to be getting close to reaching his breaking point, and he did an interview with MMA Fighting's Damon Martin, and this is what he had to say. I don't know what people want from me, really. Everyone's like, everyone's like, he's holding the division, and I'm like, how am I holding up the division? Other guys are saying we can train. Well, good for you. You live in a different state. You have different regulations. My coach, no joke, shut his gym down. He was he wasn't taking any dudes. No one's paying anything because it's not fair to everyone. They had a bunch of stuff outside the gym and a couple people, like five or six people were working out together. They were even six feet apart and someone saw that and reported it and he got cited by the CDC. That's how strict they are. So everyone can just shut up because they're idiots. And uh, then he went on to say um, that uh, to comment on Cormier pushing him to take the fight. I don't care. I really don't care what his opinion is. Never did. Honestly, he says one thing and then contradicts himself all the time. Um, Apparently, I'm not a champ. He just calls his own shots, whatever. Everyone else is talking, saying vacate or defend, whatever. I can't make everybody happy or anybody happy. I don't care at this point. Stop crying. I I couldn't agree more with with him here. Uh, One, like I've said in the past, he is a first responder. And so he's taking care of his community. Um... And you can't fault him for that because that job is going to be around after the UFC. And sure, he's making some decent money with the UFC, but probably not enough to set himself and his family up for um, long, long term, which we know is what um, other major sports athletes try to do. Uh, They're not here for this generation wealth they're here for next generation wealth generational wealth and the UFC does not provide that so why should this guy do anything above and beyond uh, what's required of him or what he's able to do and if he can't get a full camp in that's not fair because he's the champ and if other fighters want to fight on less than full camps or have to fight on less than full camps to make money that's not Stipe's concern. He, he can only do and only worry about himself in this sport uh, right now because that's what everyone else does. So I don't think he should be pressured, and I don't think any fighter should pressure him uh, because, like he said, he's the champ. So if you can't train and you're going to make him train and take a fight under less than ideal circumstances, which we know the UFC would not have a problem with since they're booking fights on a week's notice here now. It's just, it's it doesn't make any sense to me. So I hope uh, that this whole thing gets settled here and that everyone just shuts up like Miocic says. And when he can come back, he'll come back. And when he can fight, he'll fight. Until then, just gonna have to deal with that. And if the UFC wants to strip him, it's a terrible look, but the UFC has enough people believing that they're a benevolent organization and they'll uh, just spin this as something that they worked with him as long as they could and it was time to to move on and get another, uh, another champ in there and, you know, He'll have to work his way back up, they'll say. So it'll be interesting to watch. But I think um, this is the point where it could start to turn a little bit ugly um, on Miocic's side. And he could maybe uh, make things a little more difficult on everybody if they don't just start you know, uh, accepting what he says as the truth and not being selfish and trying to force him into something that he really can't do effectively, which is train and fight in a championship fight. And again, Cormier doesn't have to worry about anything besides this fight. Um, he has a gig with the UFC if win or lose against Miocic, so he's set up for the future, um, but is not. He's got to worry about what comes next. What's his next fight gonna be? So if his so if he loses, Cormier retires the champ. But Stipe is now t- facing a big pay cut and a, and a work a w- work his way back up. Um. So yeah, let the guy get a full camp in so he's fully prepared. Otherwise, it's it's unfair. I'm going to close out with this. Um, Things are starting to open up here. And that means gyms are going to be opening up. And that's a concern. Because while we've, while the curve has been flattened, there's still no vaccine. So the worries um, of COVID-19 are still the same. And I know people are probably, I think, so sick of the uh, quarantining and the masks and the social distancing and all everything involved with what it took to flatten that curve but once we start opening things up um there's a good chance that it, we're going to get another outbreak and that's a worry so what i was what i was thinking is what is the ufc doing to prepare, uh, the fighters, the coaches, the camps, the families, the gyms, to to open back up. What what are they doing on that front? Um, because that's important. And in other sports, because the athletes are employees, they have a a much bigger influence on on controls and what what these athletes can and cannot do and the structure of their training and all those things. And the UFC doesn't have that because these folks are independent contractors and uh, um, they only get paid when they fight. So what I'm worried about is that the UFC is not going to have uh, COVID-19 plans for the fighters outside of fight week. And everybody's going to kind of be on their own. And I think that's dangerous. Um, I think they should be supplied with good, true information on how to train safely, how to um, clean their gyms safely, how to travel safely, how to keep themselves, their, their training partners, and their families safe while they're training. Because we know not everybody has one home gym. Um, they could be going to four or five gyms over the course of a couple weeks to work out and and get their proper training. And if everyone's doing different protocols and some of the protocols are less than um, ideal, that increases the chance of illness. And that's a concern. And I don't know if because everybody's so sick of being locked up, quote unquote locked up, that this is going to be taken as seriously as it should be and um, like i said there's no vaccine yet so there's really not that much of a change in in the risks associated with uh, coming down with COVID 19 it's still still everyone still needs to be vigilant or it's going to uh, the rate of infection is going to go back up again which we no one wants to see and now with everything opening back up little by little um, the genie's out of the bottle so to speak and how how hard is it going to be to be to put that back Um, we this is history says it's going to be very difficult because this is what happened in the Spanish flu Um, people did not want to go back to the the way things were before they opened them up and and then that's that's when things can really get ugly. Um, so I would I would wish that the UFC was going to provide these folks with at least some kind of information to the to the fighters and to the gyms and to the managers so that everyone can be as safe as possible. The problem is with these ind- with everybody being an independent contractor. There's no real requirement to do that, and there's no real um, reason other than health and safety. And if the UFC wants to live up to what Dana White's been beating into our heads these past few weeks, months, is that the UFC's going above and beyond in safety, I, I don't think that's true, but I think the way, one way to prove it would be to uh, put, put a plan together for the gyms for the teams, and you know, detail. Uh, this is what you need to do. Here's what you need to do if you're uh, in. If you're working in one gym, here's what you need to do to be safer. If you're traveling between gyms, detail that. Um, make the fighters, you know, acknowledge that they've read it, sign off on it, and you know, it's a little, it's a little CYA as well. Um, I think it would be a good thing. I think it would be a good PR move. Um, and I think it would make people feel a little safer uh, about going out and training and and getting back to a quote unquote normal existence. I'm not going to hold my breath on that. Um, I'll ask the UFC, but I'm not going to, I'm 99% chance I'm not going to get a reply. Um, but I think it's important that 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 does get done in, in some respect uh, because it would show that, you know, the UFC does care about health and safety um, more than just during fight week. Um, if you are interested, I spoke to Luke Thomas on his serious uh, radio show on Friday about the um, story I did on Bloody Elbow where I s- spoke to two epidemiologists about their concerns with the ufc's health and safety plan um talked to him for about 15 minutes you can find that on his um podcast page and i've tweeted it a couple times so you could also go to my twitter if you're interested in checking that out i think it was a good conversation um went over some things that were discussed in the interviews and my thoughts on some things Um, including a question that we all are going to be left to wonder with. What happens if someone does get COVID-19, a UFC fighter or a UFC employee or anyone who was a quote-unquote participant in the fights that took place in Florida because they signed a waiver that more or less forces them to uh, keep quiet about it. So that's really something to to uh, to think about. If the UFC was so sure of its health and safety plan, why would that waiver be in there? Um, I mean, it, it's not a good look. There should be 100% transparency here. And it, it's looking like that chance of, That transparency is incredibly low. Um, So hopefully, if something does happen, it does come out. I don't care how it comes out, but it should come out. Ideally, it would come out through the UFC. Um, And if it comes out any way other than through the UFC, that's a concern and that, that needs to be addressed. And with that, I'm going to wrap it up for today. And I will be back tomorrow. Until then, stay safe.